Oh, so much can change in a week. My goodness. Where to begin? Okay, so on Tuesday, excuse me, Wednesday, I, uh, I received a job offer and that marked the end of 355 days of unemployment. I had to uh, go look it up because May 1st was technically uh, the last day that I worked for my previous company. And I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago. Just, and I know that there are still a lot of people going through it. Um, a year is a really long time to spend inside. And my wife and I, we actually quarantined. So we have been inside in Brooklyn every day since last March. Uh, we didn't leave town, not even for a weekend. Her family's not in the city. My family is from a different state. So there was no day off from the two-year-old who likes to scream at 4.30 in the morning pretty routinely. Um, when it all began, my, uh, my last company, I have nothing bad to say about them. Uh, I'm not going to say their name just for the fun of it, but um, a lot of love for the people there and the leadership. Um, when we found out that they were laying people off, see, here's the part that sucked is that my layoffs had nothing to do with the quarantine. It was just really, really poor timing. Um, people had begun getting laid off and we were working from home since like mid last March. And it was early April and we're getting ready to have this meeting. And the week before we had had this meeting where like the COO said something kind of vague about the next meeting to come. And it was vague enough that it seemed ominous to some people. So people start like whispering about, oh, are they gonna like lay people off? And I'm thinking if somebody was gonna get laid off, surely they would have let me know given what I did for the office. And so I'm going in to this next meeting totally optimistic. Nothing's gonna happen. So in the meeting, like right towards the end, because it's not a really long meeting, right towards the end, they just kind of throw out like, yeah, you know, um, the board decided that we got to lay some people off. And, you know, when we end the meeting uh, in about 15 minutes, check your inbox and it'll let you know whether or not basically you'll still have a job so the meeting ends and I'm sitting there it's a very weird feeling because prior to like the sentence you know you're gonna get an email and find out if you're still working or if you're redundant I was like oh shit I know I'm not about to lose this great job because to go back a little bit further Prior to my last position, um, I spent like four and a half, almost five years at this company where I wasn't making a lot of money, but I didn't care because all I cared about when I moved to the city was I want my nights and weekends so that I can perform stand-up comedy. Uh, when I moved to this city, 
I was paying maybe like five something a month to live in a family's living room in, ugh, what do they call it? It's super orthodox, Midwood. Like if you look up Midwood or if you're from New York and you know where that is, I was down there with an uh, Asian family, not, not a Jewish family. Um, and I believe that I told the story of getting the cops called on me, like my second or third week living there. Um, and that's because the neighborhood was super Orthodox Jewish, pretty racist, and the super in the building was racist. Uh, but yeah, so I was making nothing, living somewhere where I really didn't need to pay a whole lot, didn't care. But I also hadn't thought about, like, if I need to climb any kind of corporate ladder, I hadn't thought about how I was going to do that. They asked me to stop temping and stay on full time, and I was like, sweet. Because I hated the idea of temping and having to look for a new place of employment every, like, three months. So, I end up this great place. Oh, I get the email. Uh, and basically it just says, you know, we're so sorry, but... And my heart just drops. And I remember I walked out of uh, our bedroom and my wife was in the living room and I just walked up and I was like, I gotta let go. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And it wasn't effective because that was like the first week of April. It wasn't effective until like the first week of May. But like the next week, they had begun removing things. So basically I just got paid but didn't really work on anything for the next three weeks I think I was kind of optimistic because I thought I was going to find something relatively quickly I was aware of the fact that you know there were a, well more than a million unemployed people in New York and everybody's looking for a job at the same time and I think part of me was okay because I'm like, all right, um, they're giving away, what, an extra $600 for unemployment. And I was like, okay, I've got some money in the bank. Unemployment's crazy until like September because this is still April. And I'm like, okay, okay, by September you'll find something. And then, before we get to September, um, I want to point out what a great place I used to work for because we were watching some movie one day and um, I start talking about like what would you do if somebody put like some large amount of money on accident in your account my wife and I are going back and forth I'm sure you can probably imagine no I would not be too willing to give that money back now I know better because I used to work for a Navy Federal Credit Union. I know better than to just go and spend the money. But I'm also not going to A, tell anybody that a mistake has been made. B, um, not gonna, you know, like do anything with it. Like, I think during that conversation, it was so long ago, but I think that I was like, you know, I would just maybe transfer it to another account, and that might be illegal, so maybe I'll let it sit. 
and just hope that interest accrues before anybody realizes what happens because that interest should not be yours also i don't think it's anybody's fault if somebody accidentally gives you money like uh we were just watching something last night where a woman she's up against a ton of like charges because instead of transferring her 88 dollars some bank accidentally transferred her 1.2 million and she took the money and bought like a house and some other wild stuff and yeah you were wrong for buying the house but at the same time like she shouldn't be facing all these charges she didn't ask for the money and i don't think it's right and i know i know we're all supposed to do the right thing and this and that but money makes the world go round. I don't think it's right to make somebody give back money that's not theirs when they didn't technically steal it. It's money. If we're talking about clothing, I was going to say electronics, but I don't know. I'm a little torn on that one. Or something else that's like tangible, but can't be spent, then sure. Like if somebody accidentally delivers me 18 crates of cocoa butter, yeah, go ahead. Take the cocoa butter back, and I should have to pay for some of it, not all, if I use the cocoa butter. But not money. I'm not giving you a fucking dollar, not a dime, not a crumb back. Anyway, I open uh, my email, like, if it wasn't the next morning after we were having that conversation, it was two days later. And I get this deposit notification from my bank. And the amount was a little hard to believe because it was almost exactly like what we were talking about the night before. I don't know if I had mentioned an amount, but let's say a five-figure amount lands in your bank account. And I honestly woke up, read it, checked my bank account, saw the deposit, and I was like, oh shit, somebody has fucked up. And now I've come up and I sat silent the entire day. I didn't even talk to my wife because I was afraid if I spoke it out loud that somehow I would check my account and it would be gone. And I just kept checking my account to see if they had like realized their mistake and taken the money away. So it took me a couple of days before eventually I checked another account because I'm trying to think of what could this money be for? Like, if it is for me. And then finally, I thought, okay, you can still log in and check your previous pay stubs from your last company. See if, by some wonderful miracle, they have given you a large amount of money. And sure enough, I look in there. The funny thing is, I used to get my paychecks split up a bunch of different ways, like um, most of it, well, no. I would put a set amount in my wife and I's joint account, and then there was another little amount. It was supposed to be savings, but eh, um, though I do use it for mutual funds and investing and everything. So another little account at USAA, and then another savings, and then my checking account at Navy Federal. So it gets split up quite a bit. I never checked 
any of the other accounts after I got that large deposit because there was more money put into the other accounts. Had I looked, I would have seen that. Uh, but yeah, I looked on there and um, I'm, I assume it was Severance Pay. There was no like letter about it and if there was, I totally skimmed it. Um, and that ended up being a lifesaver because though I had money saved um, when the whole thing began, because my mom always used to tell me, oh, did you know most people don't even have like $2,500? So I had a goal even before my credit was um, turned around because it was absolute ass. Uh, I was like, okay, I need to save this money just to try to put myself a little bit ahead. So I had more than that. Then there's this other large amount. So then you've got this extra unemployment. I only received one stimulus check. Um, I never really cared about the stimulus checks though. I feel like they should have just given extra unemployment benefits. Everybody else doesn't need money. Like if you're working, you don't need just a random $1,400. If you got it, I hope you saved and invested that shit and didn't just go buy a PlayStation 5 with it. I don't know, but throughout that entire time, there's a food bank that lines up. I can see it at our bedroom window. And so some days I would see reminders of just how rough some people have it. And I'm not on social media like I used to be, but I've seen plenty of people that I have some kind of relationship with. Uh, it's a lot of people were just going through something really bad. And um, I was glad one, that my wife is financially better than I am. And two, that um, we didn't have to worry about any meals or anything. Like, we had money to afford whatever we wanted, but we also didn't really go anywhere or do anything because you weren't supposed to be. Um, so it was a good time for us to save money. I think my credit score went up, like, a good 50 points um, during the quarantine. Spent a lot of time... Uh, just hanging out, cooked a whole ton of things, and I have to say, because my wife and I, we got married right before the quarantine, um, not realizing what would be uh, in our futures, and it was, um, I don't want to use the word blessing because I hate religious shit, but it was, it was good, it was good to see that like, she's my, my, my stranded island, stranded on a deserted island person. If it was just she and I on an island, we could live peacefully and be happy. And so that was cool. We rented a lot of movies. Now that I have, uh, I'm getting ready to go back to work. And no, that won't affect the podcast schedule. Um, I just keep looking back. I started this list of my quarantine binge. Uh, and it's so, so long. I will uh, run back through that one more time. I think I've touched on it a couple of times over the past year, but it continues to grow. It's got new stuff. Um, I just remembered I had to add Mortal Kombat. Um, so during this year, this 355 days of unemployment, um... At first I thought I could handle it pretty well. The gym shut down and that was a big kick in the nuts. 
but I was like, okay, you can just do some at-home workouts or at-home workouts, which were okay for a couple of days. I knew I needed heavy weights to keep up the physique that I had last March, um, and I don't know if it was uh, the fact that I just went too hard on like a, a home workout, or if it was like me just stressed out of my mind because April is when my health stuff began. Like last April, I thought that I was starting to have a hernia because it felt like I was having tears, like the bottom of my stomach. Like somebody was just like ripping me apart a little bit. Didn't really hurt, but I had never felt a sensation like that. So that kind of, the first day that I felt that had me walking on uh, eggshells as far as my health. Then it went away. And then, like a week later, I feel something kind of familiar or like that. And I, I started to freak out and thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have a burst appendix. So I go to urgent care and they tell me that's not it because the doctor like does a hand plant on my stomach. She's like, this would be unbearable if you had like appendicitis or something. So then we're going on the belief that I probably have a hernia. Gotta get a CT scan and all that shit just to have the doctor look at me and go, I don't see anything here that looks like it would require surgery. I think it's just stress. You're unemployed, right? You got a kid, you're probably stressed out. So they gave me um, some sleep medication for anxiety. Um, I didn't really take a whole lot of it, but it did allow me to like fully sleep through a night, even when my son decided to scream at don't fuck with me o'clock hours of the morning. Um, and then, let's see, after my stomach, there was another health issue, but now I can't remember what it is. Uh, I think that I mentioned my son ran up and slammed a beer can into my teeth, um, cracking and breaking several of them. That required uh, a lot. Um, he did that in October, and I just got my teeth fixed two, three weeks ago. So for a long time, uh, I was very self-conscious about my mouth. And, oh yeah, so then the unemployment, um, the 600 ends, which was fine, because fortunately we're sitting on nest eggs, and at no point, well, I won't get specific, but at no point were finances an issue. Um, couldn't get my family to believe that though. My mother, it felt like every phone call without saying so, she was waiting for me to say, I fucked up and I need help. Um, I was mostly disappointed, like, prior to finding out Andrew Cuomo was a super creep, I hated that man. I've hated him since like May, definitely June, because I remember when May 1st was rolling around with all the unemployed people, uh, everybody kept saying cancel the rent and they wouldn't cancel the rent. Instead, they would only, um, what do they call it, uh, the eviction moratorium or something where you can't get kicked out. Now, we were fine. Our, uh, our landlord, I reached out to him because once it became clear that Cuomo wasn't going to cancel the rent, I was like, well, our landlord better do better than that. 
because we could just not pay you. And But I, at no point do I want to go, like, I just did the math the other day. We would be almost $30,000 in debt right now if we hadn't been paying. Um, and that's my problem. Because everybody kept screaming, cancel the rent. Who wants to go into debt to your landlord? Even though you're not going to be homeless, you're going to have a very large debt at the end of all of this. And Andrew Cuomo just says, I canceled it. Okay? Or not, I canceled it. His response, when people kept shouting, cancel rent, is I took care of it. You can't be evicted. And it was just the ultimate, I don't give a fuck. Because it's like, we know what you did. We're telling you, please cancel the rent. We don't want to owe $30,000 next March. So, our landlord told us, uh, it would be fine if you pay half. Okay. So we're paying half. I don't think anybody else in the building has been paying rent since last March. And it would take me hours to fully explain, but I'll say this. Um, in September, when the extra 600 ends, he reaches out to say, uh, could you guys start paying full rent, please? I need to pay our building's tax. And I'm going to talk about how terrible our building is a little bit more because we're getting ready to move. Uh, and I hate this place. So a year trapped in here with something. Um, so in September, he's like, I need you to pay the full thing. Fine. We do. But then we start getting like uh, rent checks back. So the first time that a rent check came back, I was like, Hey man, uh, we just got like a check back. Do you have our rent checks? Because they were going to the same address they were going to before the quarantine and they weren't coming back. So he goes, uh, I don't have all of them. And I'm like, well, which ones do you have? And he goes, which ones do you have? And I'm not going to play that game. Like either you want our money or you don't. Do you have it? Do you not? Why didn't you cash it? So then he goes, okay, send him to this address instead. Fine. And I even sent back a repayment. That's what a nice guy I am. So around um, November, December, a few more checks come back. And now we're past the point where I'm going to say anything. And now he's getting paid electronically. It's hard. They're Asian and they don't really speak English. And if you know... Asian businessmen, especially a landlord, not to be racist, but I think you get what I'm saying. So I didn't even tell him that more came back because I'm like, why aren't you cashing checks? And why aren't you following up on your money? Why do I have to chase you down about your money? That's crazy. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But we've still been paying him. But I don't think anybody else is because, like, there were serious issues with uh, the heat this winter. And I can remember days I took pictures where it was 17 degrees outside and it was 17 degrees in our apartment. And we wake up at, like, 7, if not earlier, every day because the kid is up and ready to party. And I would have to watch my son with... Fucking bubbles popping out of his nose, shivering and shaking. And if I went through our text, because I keep everything, just in case we ever needed to take him to court, and it just shows every morning the heat's not on. And then either he answers or he doesn't. And I'm like, the heat's not on. Okay, it's still not on. And now it's 2 p.m. How long do we have to freeze every morning? And he just 
didn't really give a fuck. And we're above a Chinese food restaurant. And as we've been uh, house hunting, we're like, look, I will never, I will never live above food again. I thought that that would be cool. Uh, I think we even ate at that Chinese food restaurant for the first like week or so. And then all the mice and the roaches. Now, fortunately, we don't really have roaches like that anymore because when we first got here, we weren't cleaning all of our dishes every night. And I got up to go to the bathroom and it would look like some kind of a horror movie in our sink. Uh, so we got on top of that because that was gross. But all the mice that I've had to throw away that have been electrocuted in here or had their heads chopped off or their body snapped in half or stuck to glue traps, I've killed far more mice in the past three years than I ever have in my entire life. And I'm from Virginia. We had mice. Um, so that's just a little background on this building. But that was stuff that we've been going through with the landlord um, the last year. It was just so stressful. And I guess I'll end by just talking about like the job search. So it was, I think September, might have been October, when I started to see on um, LinkedIn some of my old coworkers who had also been laid off. And there was like really no contact on my end uh, with anybody after, so I didn't know who else had been laid off. I only knew that I got laid off. Uh, some people that I'm like connected with on LinkedIn and stuff, I can see that they're still working. Others, I was a little shocked to see that they had also been laid off. Um, but I found out when they got a new job and I was like, holy shit, you got laid off? Like a VP, I didn't realize he had been laid off. Um, but that was October. And I think that seeing that they started to get jobs again, I started feeling like, all right, the city is turning around, things are coming back. If they can get jobs, now you should be able to find something. And I think that every month that went on, it just really wore on me because I hadn't found something yet. And they found something in October. And then little stuff, I would see like, comic that I used to know, got something great. These people, I saw some people that I absolutely despised were getting good stuff. And it felt like while everybody's life was going one way, I was just stuck in a limbo, going the other, whatever it is. But I, I really do think that just being a new father and unemployed, it just made me feel like a total failure. And I didn't cry about it because tears don't change anything. And I never really lost faith, but there were some times when I got real down. Like, I think since December, there have been four really, really close calls. And I thought for sure that I had them, especially the first time. First time I knew I had it. And uh, it was a really long interview process. And it was the last interview think like fourth or fifth round and I'm setting the uh, the appointment or whatever for the last interview because I am physically gonna go in there 
Um, and I will say this, I haven't had to physically go in anywhere. Like even with this job, I got it off Zoom calls. But trying to set it all up, my wife's got her own business. And I have to be mindful of her schedule because sometimes she has to make deliveries. Um, so she needed to deliver something. So I'm like, can we do it after 2.30? And it's a Friday. So my contact uh, reaches out to him. She's like, I'll get back to you with whatever he says. She comes back. Ah, it's not working out today. We'll do it Monday. And I think she meant to say Tuesday because Monday was going to be Martin Luther King Day. And, um... So Monday, I'm waiting. I don't hear anything. And then I remember it's a holiday because, I mean, the days really melted together. Somehow I kept track of it, and I found my own way to keep structure around the house because I was like, eventually you're going to get back to work. You can't just live like it's an eternal summer. So Tuesday, she gets back to me, and I remember picking up the phone excited, like, yes, let's fucking set this time. Let's do this. And uh, she's like, so... Apparently on Friday, and everybody, everybody who was at that stage was supposed to um, come in personally. She goes, apparently on Friday, uh, he spoke with somebody via Zoom and loved them, and they sent them an offer letter, and that person accepted. And I remember I took it like a bomb just went off. I was like, oh... Because I was just so surprised. I totally didn't expect anything from that side of the world to come out of her mouth. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? But okay, I took a couple of days and sulked on that. So then I get like another one that's pretty close, like the next week or the week after. And I'm waiting to set the next time because they're like, yeah, you're on to the next thing. Uh, tell us your availabilities for the next few days. And I'm like, cool. And then the next thing I hear back from them, and this happened twice in a row, not not the last example I gave, like this example, and then the next time, both, this happened both times. Uh, I give my availability, and then somebody comes back and goes, uh, the CEO spoke with somebody, they love them, they're sending them an offer letter, I'm so sorry, and I'm like, this is fucking amazing because my life for a long time in my life, if I interviewed, I got it. So it, I had to get used to going on an interview and not getting the job in my twenties and early thirties because that shit wasn't happening for a long time. So I'm starting to, you know, get used to that and I'm trying not to do anything that's, um, I don't know, gonna jinx me. Like, I wouldn't look at apartment listings if I had something that I thought I was about to get because I was like, I don't want to jinx it and get my hopes up and be thinking about the future. And eventually I got to a place where I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna look at it and I'll just keep a track on it. I, I, was, I was getting uh, really, not depressed, um, cynical maybe about uh, getting something towards the end because towards the end I was definitely in a fuck it frame of mind um, and it wasn't until they asked me to do a background check that I even thought I was getting the job that I just got but even after the background check I still had another interview and they had me give some homework and yeah and I was really glad I'll, I'll say this 
and it, this isn't to brag. This is more so like um, a pay it forward kind of idea. Um, I had somebody give me a reference or uh, give me a great reference. And my new boss was the one who uh, told me. And when I heard that, like, you expect, if, if you've already asked somebody to give you a great referral, you expect that. But I was so pleased when I heard what she had to say. Uh, I knew what I was going to do, but I wanted to wait until I had officially been offered the job. And once I had been offered the job, I knew that I wanted to give him some money to go have a really nice dinner and get like a bottle of something nice because I know what he drinks and I was like yeah man for that because this is more money than I've ever made benefits are completely paid for and I'm going to be doing something great that's going to set up some really great stuff and if you helped me get that, I want you to have a wonderful meal. You can't really make it up to somebody when it's something like that. Um, though I would be glad to try. Um, but I really just wanted to show my appreciation. My mom goes, is that what people do? And I was like, I don't know what people do. That's what I did. And of course he tried to give it back. But I was like, don't you dare. It's fine. We're fine. But I wanted to say thank you. So, I think if you're still going through it, when you finally get out, because I'm just like you, I had to look at LinkedIn. I would literally apply to jobs all day, every day. Sometimes people would ask, what have you been doing since last May? And I'm like, I'm raising my son and applying to jobs. What do you think I'm doing? I'm not vacationing or like going around visiting friends trying to get back to work I've got shit to do responsibilities and I had all this stuff laid out like uh, I'm really big on credit cards right now and not in an irresponsible way in a I'm not going to carry over a balance every month so I'm not gonna pay interest but I'm gonna pay all of our bills with the credit cards get all those points and start to travel and get free stuff because I've been leaving money on the table and I have been waiting to get a job so that I could get all this stuff enacted. And if you knew me, you would see that since Wednesday when I accepted, oh, I've been moving like a fucking panther because I'm doing everything that I spent a year saying that I was going to do. And if I say it, I mean it. And with that said, when you get something, anybody who helped you, I think you should just give them something, man. And even the people who are out here working, I've been doing it. Um, like, I've been tipping. I've been tipping at the grocery store. I've been tipping anywhere where people might not be making a lot of money, but they've been at it every fucking day the past year. I hope you guys enjoyed this little story. And, uh, yeah. We'll have more to talk about next week. By the way, Mortal Kombat was awesome. Falcon and the Winter Soldiers season finale was awesome. 
What else can I say, man? Life is good. 